This is Killstreak. Tumbling Logs. It's Killstreak episode 138. I'm Eric Goslin. Joining me here as always, Mr. Mike Price. How are you, Mike? I'm good. I was I'm not I'm not fast enough improviser. I was trying to cook up some some alternate lyrics to the Rolling Stones song Tumbling Dice about tumbling logs. Oh wow. Um, but that seems difficult. It's it's not easy. Also, I had like two <laughs> seconds, you know. Yeah, it's true. I'm not I a professional. No, we are nothing. We are not professionals. Let me. We're a lot of amateur podcast. Amateur in all ways. Um. Yeah. Okay. How you doing, Mike? Blah. I'm doing (laughs) blah. I don't know what that noise was. I'm doing blah blah. Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. All right. (laughs) You want to talk about? Final Destination 2? Yeah, let's shoot the shit about other stuff for half an hour. Alright, let's do that. Um, um, no. So, I've been in my house primarily, cool. except for going disc golfing with you. God, you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I was in my house all week. I wasn't feeling very good earlier in the week, but I've I've recovered. Um, and what I watched, uh, I watched some stuff. I watched Stoker the other night. I'd seen it once. Oh, I've seen that. I before. saw it when it came out, but it's good. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's a cool movie. Yeah, it's was it the Parasite director? No, it's uh, Park Chan Wook who ah. did like The Handmaiden and um, yeah, I, I think he's old boy. Old boy, yeah. I think yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not old boy. <laughs> he's not old boy. He's, well, no, I mean he made. Oh, okay. Like he's not. He's not the old <laughs> he, boy. He doesn't play old boy in old boy. No. Best as I know, he was not tricked into having sex with his daughter. So okay. No. Um. Oh, that was a huge spoiler for old boy. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. That is a, a spoiler for old boy. I mean, both versions of that movie are almost ten years old or twenty years old, yeah. respectively. So. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's still a good movie. It's you great. should watch it. Yeah. Knowing that doesn't ruin it. Uh, I watched it after I knew that, and it was still good. All right. Anyways. Um, I, I, <laughs> my, my improv brain is not very good, because then I was going to try to make um, an incest pivot joke with people getting their hands stuck in uh, garbage disposals. <laughs> okay. So, uh, like, like a step-parent getting a stepmother, probably, getting their yeah, finger. You never know. It could be an old boy. Could be an old boy. Yeah. Could be a stepsister. Get his head stuck in the in the dryer. <laughs> <laughs> I did see a meme of like a milf, like it was like a Pornhub screen cap uh-huh. of like a milf with her head in the oven, and then somebody was like, "Please use that milf's name." It was Sylvia. Pratt. <laughs> I did see that one too. That was pretty funny. Uh, speaking of people with their heads in the in the oven. Um, Small piece of trivia, A.J. Cook, the dynamic lead actress of this film, uh-huh. um, the only other thing I've ever <laughs> seen her in is she's one of the 
Lisbon sisters in the Virgin Suicides. Oh, really? And she's the one who kills herself by putting her head in the oven. Holy shit, we brought it all back? Yeah. That is death's design right there. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Working in reverse this time. Yeah. Um, Um, So, yeah, let's... Let's start talking Final Destination 2, because okay. I didn't really watch anything horror-related. Yeah. Uh, and as we were throwing discs on the disc golf course this, this, this very morning, um, you asked me, because you still you hadn't seen this one. Well, you'd seen it before, but you not Not in yet. many, many years, yeah. Uh, who was in this? And I just said, eh, <laughs> no. a bunch of nobodies. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? It's a who's not of... Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was a who's not. Yeah. Of, <laughs> uh, recycling our best bits from the disc golf course. That's what you guys can expect every week. So you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, Final Destination 2. This is a classic uh, producer's sequel. Um, mm-hmm. They uh, The first one, which we covered last week, did well. It grossed oh. over $100 million against a, wow. a, fairly, uh, a fairly affordable budget. Um, and I guess, you know, uh, the producers of, of the first movie said, let's, let's run it back, but can we spend half as much money on the cast? (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, Let's get rid of the big names. Like, I mean, actually there were some legit sort of big names. Devin Sawa. Mm -hmm. Kerr Smith. (laughs) Who am I forgetting? Um, Sean William Scott. Yeah. Sean William Scott. There you go. Um, yeah, our only returning cast members, Allie Larder and Tony Todd. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, Tony Todd. Yeah, lots of newcomers. And, um, yeah, I mentioned AJ Cook. Apparently, she was she's Criminal Minds. That's her thing. Okay, so she's a, a bazillionaire from yeah, yeah. being on those kind of shows. Yeah, she owns a four-bedroom home in Venice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then um, who else? Fucking nobody. The 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 other sort of co-lead, the cop uh, Burke, is played by mm-hmm. a guy named Michael Landis, uh, most famous for being Jimmy Olsen in the first season of Lois and Clark, the Dean Cain oh, Terry Hatcher really? show. Yeah, they replaced him. They replaced him in season two with Justin Whalen, who's been on the show before. Um, I used to love Lois and Clark. I, I did too. Them. When it first came out, I was like, "Oh, this is incredible!" And I was yeah. thinking to myself, "I bet the flying scenes look awful now." I bet it really does not hold up. No, at all. No. Uh, it's, is Dean Kane a Republican now? Yeah, he's a he's like a a Trumper. <sighs> yeah. Uh, who knows? Like a, maybe not, beyond just a Republican. Maybe not after last week, though. You know. Yeah. Who knows? They're all they're who all knows? bailing on on the old Trumpster. I saw John Boyd not is not bailing. Really, There's he's sticking TMZ with it. Video, he's sticking with it. Yeah, <laughs> good for him. You know, <laughs> congratulations to Tiffany Trump on her uh, nuptials. Yeah. By the way, I had another uh, my third failed improvised joke of the episode that I mm. I will just recount instead of actually executing. Was I try to make some sort of pivot to John Boyd's character uh, in Anaconda? About mm-hmm. you know his like obsess his obsession he'll never give up on his you know on his anaconda or which, which is, is Trump. Trump I guess yeah um, yeah anyways do you think Trump would swallow him whole and spit him out like that <laughs> if he looked like a fillet of fish sandwich 
When was the last time you had a filet of fish sandwich? Because for me, it's been over 20 years. Yeah, I would say about 20 years. A friend of the podcast, Brie, uh, not your Brie, my friend Brie, uh, she would on occasion show up to a party in college with a bag of like 20 filet of fish sandwiches and hmm. just throw them at people. Power move. Yeah. Um, nobody ever last wanted time, one. Yeah, last time I had one, it tasted like dirt. Yeah. To me. I am curious. I would eat one. Yeah, but I mean, if I like, I've had like two fish sandwiches in the last 10 years. If I'm going to have one, I'm not going to have one at fucking McDonald's. There's a a place, much like Burgers Never Say Die Mm -hmm. here in LA, called. It's that Echo Park giant, right? Yes. Little Fish, maybe? I think that's what it's. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. And they recreate. It's basically fancy filet of fishes. I want to have it. I saw one. It looked good. Yeah, I want to try it. Okay. Although. Cheese on fish is weird. It is. Yeah. As much as I love American cheese, I'm just like, I don't know that this is going to make it better. Yeah. But we digress. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, at this time in the early aughts, um, famous disaster porn artist Toby Emmerich had, had taken over New Line Cinema. Um. Is he related to Roland Emmerich? Have we we've said this before? Oh wait, yeah, I'm mistaking him for Roland Emmerich. Yeah, they're oh, uh, okay. oh god, we're gonna have to edit this. I I sound too dumb saying that. <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll edit this. Um, yeah, no, he's actually not related to Roland Emmerich. He is related to Noah Emmerich, the uh, very talented oh. actor. Oh, okay, you know that guy, right? Yeah, yeah, the Americans, Truman Show. Yep. Other yeah, things, he's great. yeah. I love him. Yeah, he's great. He's great. It sounds like I'm being sarcastic, but I'm not. You sound like a sarcastic piece of shit. <laughs> no, he's really, he really is very good. Yeah, he's very talented. Has he ever been in a horror movie? Probably. Uh, I feel like we've talked about him yeah. before. I feel like I've had this conversation. Yeah. Um, okay, so Noah Emmerich, not involved at all. Um, nor is. I wish he was. He'd be very good. Yeah, who's the other guy who's canceled, maybe? Uh, which one? The not not Roland Emmerich. Nobody like runs oh. in the singer crowds, or is that Roland Emmerich? That's Roland Emmerich. Yeah. So he maybe Roland Emmerich is canceled. Who's the his other his one partner. who directed? Yeah, his partner. Yeah. Um, Fuck. Dean Devlin. Dean. No, I think Ro- Emmerich is the one who's yeah. Emmerich's, Emmerich's suspicious. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, we're here to just cast dispersions. <laughs> I mean, it's probably legit, right? I don't know. I don't know. Who who knows? Uh, Noah Emmerich was in two episodes of The Walking Dead, so yes, he is. Okay. Great. A horror guy. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um. All right. So, anyways, uh, this movie was produced in the two years following the release of the original. Um, The Wikipedia just says um, the whole, basically, crew of the original was not available. Now, you can can track some of this to specific stuff. So, for instance, director, co-writer James Wong was working on the Jet Li movie, The One, uh, which he directed... And um, I think Morgan also co-wrote that one with him. 
And then uh, I think Glenn Morgan was also uh, writing and directing the Willard remake with Crispin Glover. Yeah, sure. That's, Glover, that's yeah. one horror thing I watched this week. I got around to the next episode of Cabinet of Curiosities, the one with Crispin Glover in it. Um, oh, I haven't seen that one yet. It's good. He's doing a really wild accent that I don't think he quite nails, but he's such an interesting actor that I don't really care. Um, oh, we got to get back on that train. We kind of forgot about that. Yeah. I, I'm trying to make it to the... Uh, I've heard from a couple of people that the... I think it's the second to last one is the Panos Cosmatos That's episode. the one I'm really... Yeah. Really watching. And I've heard it's it's very good, so... Yeah. Um, so anyways, um, do you know who who directed this movie? His name's David oh, Ellis, shit. but do you know, like, what his connection to the movie was? Oh, yes. Only because you told me today. Uh-huh. He's a stunt coordinator? Stunt coordinator, and also he was the second unit director on the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so he's a guy who had a long career of directing action sequences and coordinating stunts. And you tell me whether or not you think that that uh, bears some sort of uh, influence on, on this film. Well, we'll Probably. Probably yeah, does. We'll get there. We'll get there in due time. He has a crazy resume of second unit and stunt stuff. His stunt credits in particular are pretty fucking incredible. Um, now, for our listeners who may not know what a second unit director oh, yeah. is, do you want to uh, clarify? That seems like a good thing for you to say because I, yeah, I talk okay. all through this segment. <laughs> uh, so second unit is in charge of like b-roll exterior b-roll um like establishing shots Mm -hmm. kind of anything that doesn't require the attention the direct attention of the director who's probably work you know doing scenes with the actors it's somebody who goes out with their crew and shoots like the other stuff yeah you know maybe like close up not close-ups of like inserts and stuff like hands or you know a book or some shit yeah and and in larger scale hollywood movies um oftentimes second unit will do stunt work and action sequences that don't Mm -hmm. involve like the main cast so they may go shoot with a stunt double um and so for instance if you guys have heard anything about the kind of controversial uh like system in place for directors of Marvel movies. Um, they've, they've turned this into like a full, full on science where mm-hmm. like, for instance, if you're Chloe Zhao, like you go and you just direct the scenes where actors are acting and mm-hmm. a completely different crew is going to direct all of the action sequences. Right. Which explains why people like, John Favreau and Kenneth Branagh and Chloe Zhao mm-hmm. are getting directing jobs for Marvel movies. Yeah, they're not action movies. In like somebody like Quentin Tarantino recently just said he would never do one because mm-hmm. he's not going to be treated in that way. Yeah, he wants to direct his own action sequences. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is like you know, if any director, if they should, they could give the reins to any director. Mm-hmm. He'd be a pretty good one to do. Yeah, I would trust. Yeah, I would trust what he does. And I do think it's interesting because you know, 
I can only speak for myself, but as someone who's like, you know, thinks thinking a lot about working and, and would like, you know, I'd love to direct a big movie. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. But I'll yeah. I'll go I'll sit down and I'll watch a movie sometimes and and I'll be watching it and I'll go, How the fuck does somebody do this? Like Oh, absolutely. Like, especially when you have like heavy action sequences and that sort of stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you direct this shit? I have no idea. And kind of the answer is you don't. It's a different yeah. skill set, and a guy like a David R. Ellis to kind of bring this back. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. That's his whole area of expertise is directing action sequences. Were you going to mm-hmm. say something else? Oh, I was going to say there are certain directors like a James Cameron or Ridley mm-hmm. Scott. Yeah, where I watch their movies, I'm like, who the how the fuck yeah. do you do this? When those guys are fucking. They're, they're geniuses. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're artistic geniuses, which is funny to say because, you know, they're like big budget guys. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, Cameron, there's no, mis- there's, no, there's no coincidence that both of those guys are like came from an art background. Like, because mm-hmm. it is, it's what they do is crazy. And that's, but that's the exception to the rule, I think. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, so, moral of the story, you can direct, guys. It's anybody could direct a Marvel movie. <laughs> hey. I think uh, the director of the Eddie movies should take a step. I think so too. At like, I don't know, fucking a Groot side story. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> baby, teen teen Groot sex comedy. Oh, teen Groot, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you guys could do. <laughs> Groot, you got sap all over this sock. What's going on? I think they actually do that joke in one of the movies. Do they? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I think in like the last Avengers movie or the new. Thor oh, or I didn't. Yeah. Anyways. Damn, I didn't see that. Yeah, Sorry. some some Groot jerk off, uh, double entendre. Anyways, David R. Ellis, um, his first directing gig, non second unit, was Homeward Bound Two, Lost in San Francisco, Ooh. which I definitely saw, because um, Homeward Bound was a big hit in our house. Oh yeah, um, same. But this was his second, and he went on to do uh, Cellular, and guess what, Eric? Guess what he directed in two thousand six what snakes on a plane <laughs> oh no really yeah yeah um, wow he stepped away from this series for one movie but he will return for the fourth film the final destination okay uh along with the writers who i'll get to in a second his last movie was shark night and then he died uh at an unfortunately oh, no. young age yeah he was only 60 when he passed away oh, um anyways not a lot was- of information around that no cause of death there? No, you, he died in his uh, hotel room and no foul play, and they never released a cause of death, so. Okay, that yeah. sucks. Yeah, it does suck. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, in, he, he's got a cool he's got a cool resume. He worked on Scarface, Fatal Attraction, Lethal Weapon. Wow. Um, the first Hell Harry Potter movie. He, he got an Oscar nomination for The Matrix Reloaded. Um mm. Master and Commander, one of my favorite movies. I've never seen it. Boat movies bore me, but I've heard it's nothing but great so things. so good. About Master... Uh, the, about the book and mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah. yeah. I've never mm-hmm. read those Aubrey Maturin books, but I've heard they're great. And the movie, I just like... I, all I will say is, like, whatever your your preferred intake method is rip a fat one eat a Mm. big ass edible whatever it is get really toasted and watch master and commander with all the lights off and the sound way up okay 
it's it's truly immersive. I think it's my uncle, uh, my uncle Andrew, who I don't think listens to podcasts, but you never know. He's a big movie guy. So shout out Andrew if you're listening. He kind of turned me on to Master and Commander. He actually teaches. He's a doctor. Uh, he teaches at uh, the Naval War College in Newport, Rhode Island, and he teaches. Oh yeah. He teaches naval war studies, specifically Chinese war studies, which is there's a market for that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So he's big on boat shit, and he's like, "This is the best boat movie I've ever made." Okay. Well, I should watch it. I should yeah. ignore my prejudices and watch Master and Commander. Yeah, you should. You should put that put that grudge away. Stop grinding that axe. <laughs> I don't know what that boat movie did to you, but um... <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> it took years of therapy to <laughs> unravel it. Yeah, and now you're back to suppressing it again. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the writers of this film, uh, a gentleman named Jay Mackie Gruber, uh, and his writing partner, Eric Bress. Um, no T at the end, Eric, so calm ah, down. Damn. That's yeah. like my alter ego. <laughs> when I get horny, I turn into Eric Brest. <laughs> Let's see those jigglies, oh, ladies. Boy. No. Oh, no. Eric Brest, go back to where you came from. <clears throat> All right, Eric's regular okay. Eric is back. Uh, these gents, uh, Bress and Gruber, um, they wrote this together, and then the next year, they wrote and directed The Butterfly Effect. Oh, sure. That's how they hit it big, and then that was the peak of their careers, and then (laughs) went back down again. Um, although they also, uh, wrote the David R. Ellis film Cellular, starring Kim Basinger and Chris Evans, and guess who else, Eric? Noah Emmerich. Oh, shit. Isn't that wild? Wow. We're just making connections left and right here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oof. We're about to get bounced out of either the NBA or the music business. Uh, <laughs> all these connections we're making. Um... <laughs> Okay, so uh, the cast, there really is no one to talk about. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, I really like. Uh, the one person I recognized <laughs> was the wife of Rico, I believe his name is. Mm-hmm. One of the embalmers in Six Feet Under. Yeah, like the main one, right? The ma- yeah. 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 The guy who's like qualified, more qualified to run the funeral home than the brothers. Yeah, they like lean on him real big in the first season, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, shot in the Couve, um, just like the oh, first yeah. one. Yeah. So this is an old uh, Vancouver highway. Uh, we were trying to come up with a third segment, and uh, you'll be shocked to hear what our third segment is. <laughs> but one of the things is, well, it's shot in Vancouver. What could we do? And I, we got as far as the... Uh, the segment name, the Coove is in the heart. Yeah, Coove is in the heart. Uh, what was your other one? Was it uh, log jamming? Oh, it was log jamming. Log jamming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We just like couldn't figure it out though. This is a peek into the process. We worked name yeah. backwards. <laughs> <laughs> what bullshit pun can we half-assedly turn into a segment? Um, CG. There's like a this. All I will say is that I told Eric this already. The Wikipedia article for this movie is bonkers. <laughs> so you guys should re- read the whole thing. It's like 
there's crazy interview with someone who clearly had to be a non-native English speaker, and then it's written by like a psycho who likes to really like riff. Um, it's like a, it's a it's a real wild soup. It's it's a weird. You could also rip a fatty or take an edible and read this Wikipedia article. <laughs> read the, the <laughs> I have a pretty good time. Um, okay, yeah, this movie did really well. Again, um, it made. I don't think it made a hundred mil. It made like ninety, but it only cost like ten. So uh, it obviously kept the franchise chugging along just fine. And mm-hmm. I will say, I don't know about you, this was like on HBO for like a year, like once, oh, yeah. like every other day. Um, yeah, this I didn't have HBO at the time, but this was one that we just like had at the house mm. I, with me and my roommates. Okay, and it it became it just turned into like a porn movie where you fast forward to the sex scenes and it was just us like watching just like, the deaths <laughs> just the deaths yeah hey i mean there's there's value in that mm-hmm. uh okay i don't have much else uh do you want to add anything before we head to our next segment no i don't think so let's uh let's head on there and we'll recap and talk about our thoughts on final destination 2 okay In 2001, one year after the explosion of Flight 180, college student Kimberly Corman is heading to Daytona Beach, Florida for spring break with her friends Shana McClank. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Westavez. That, one, that one's ripe for one of those Twitter, like, she's Shana on McClank until uh, something or other. I don't know. No, that's good. <laughs> Until uh, I, Shana, wait, she's Shannon my clank until I reach my final destination. <laughs> That's very good. Okay. Very good. Continue. <laughs> Shannon McClank, Dano Estevez, and Frankie Whitman. While waiting on the entrance ramp to US Route 23, she has a premonition of a deadly pileup caused by a logging truck. She stalls her car on the entrance ramp, preventing several people from entering the highway, including lottery winner Evan Lewis, mother Nora Carpenter, ooh, I get that, mm. and her 15-year-old son Tim, businesswoman Kat Jennings, stoner Rory Peters, pregnant Isabella Hudson, high school teacher Eugene Dix, and Deputy Marshal Thomas Burke. While Burke questions Kimberly, the pileup occurs. But Shayna, Dano, and Frankie are killed by a carrier, a car carrier, after Burke saves Kimberly at the last second. I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on this because it doesn't actually bother me that much. Because it's very nitpicky. But I might forget. So I just want to say, I don't think the geography makes a lot of sense in terms of avoiding the accident. Yeah. You know, because it happens like a hundred feet away, but it's like. When it happens in her premonition, it's like it's like, like they drive like a mile down the highway. Yeah, they're driving yeah. for a really long time. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I agree. Uh, tisk tisk, and that's all I have to say about I, it. I, to be honest, I felt the same way about the plane crash in um, really? the first one. Yeah, because like you know, it takes off and then there's like, oh yeah, a bunch shit's of going bad for a really long time before the whole yeah thing. yeah. But it, in the it, when they're not on the plane, it like explodes almost immediately. Okay. 
After the survivors are questioned at the police station, Evan is fatally impaled by a fire escape ladder while attempting to escape from a fire in his apartment. Aware of death's presence, Kimberly seeks help from Clear Rivers, the last survivor of Flight 180, who committed herself to a psychiatric ward for protection after Alex Browning was killed by a falling brick. R.I.P. Yeah. Sorry, Alex. Definitely didn't have anything to do with a salary dispute. (laughs) (laughs) When Kimberly informs Clear that Evan was the first of the highway survivors to die, unlike her premonition, Clear realizes that the survivors are dying in reverse order. Meanwhile, Tim is crushed by a window pane while leaving the dentist with his mother. Clear decides to help and introduces Kimberly and Burke to William Bloodsworth, who tells them, that only new life can defeat death. He's the uh, creepy uh, mortician, played by Tony Todd. Mm -hmm. Believing Mm -hmm. that the birth of Isabella's baby would disrupt death's plan, Burke sends fellow Marshal Steve Adams to take her into custody while he gathers the other survivors in his apartment. While Nora decides to leave, a chain of events, so when Nora decides to leave, a chain of accidents results in her head becoming trapped in an elevator, decapitating her. The survivors take Kat's SUV to track down Isabella, who has gone into labor, prompting Adams to rush her to the hospital. Along the way, the survivors realize that the demises of the Flight 180... Yeah, that's not how you say it. The Flight 180 survivors affected all of the lives, all of their lives. 180. (laughs) Affected all of their lives, even before the highway pileup, by saving them from prior deaths, which inverted the sequence of the concurring accidents. The SUV then suffers a blowout, causing them to swerve into a stack of PVC pipes in a farm that, pen- uh, in a farm that penetrate the car and injure Eugene. Rescue workers arrive and assist the farm owners, the Gibbons family, mm-hmm. with, rescuing, with rescuing the others while Eugene is hospitalized. Hmm. I bet that meant to say while. (laughs) Using the jaws of life, Kat's rescuer accidentally activates her airbag, causing her head to be impaled on a pipe protruding from her headrest. Her cigarette falls into a gasoline leak from a news van that explodes, launching a barbed wire fence into the air that dismembers Rory. Guided by visions of a doctor named Kalergian, who... (laughs) Uh, It's Kalergian? Kalergian, sorry. (laughs) who Kimberly believes will euthanize Isabella. (laughs) Is she a fucking German shepherd? Yeah, she really jumped to conclusions on that one. She saw a a doctor's name tag, and she's like, she's going to kill someone. (laughs) She, Clear, and Burke rush to the hospital to save her. While Isabella and her baby are safe, uh, but while Isabella and her baby are safe, Kimberly sees through her premonition that Isabella was never meant to die in the pileup at all at the same time an explosion from an oxygen leak in eugene's ward kills both clear and eugene kimberly realizes that the vision from the hospital was hers deducing from an article of a survivor creating quote new life to defeat death to ensure burke's safety she drives into a lake to drown herself but burke saves her and she is revived by dr Kalergian. Kalergian. 
Kalarjian. Damn it. <laughs> I was convinced I was saying it right that time. <laughs> it's exactly the same way. <laughs> Later, Kimberly and Burke have a picnic with the Gibbons and Kimberly's family. The Gibbons explained that their son Brian was nearly hit by a news van on the day of the accident, but Rory saved him. As Kimberly and Burke realize the implications, Brian is suddenly killed in an explosion caused by a malfunctioning barbecue grill. All right. No. Um, what were you going to say? I was going to say, are the Gibbons, like, do they have a relationship with with uh, Kimberly and stuff? Uh, I don't know. I just assumed they were all related to uh, ZZ Top member Billy Gibbons. <laughs> oh, that's a good that's a good call. They have a similar sort of coloration. Yeah, sure, yeah. Um I don't know. They certainly kind of wedge themselves into the plot towards the end of the movie. Yeah. Um you, you know, I would forgive you and myself if they if they were supposed to have some more significance that didn't come across because I'll be honest with you, Eric, some some elements of this film are a little confusing. Um, what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna put that out there. If I'm being <laughs> honest, yeah, it doesn't all track all the time. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So just because that, even that synopsis, the synopsis was a was a fine effort at, at sort of parsing what happens here. I feel like it didn't really. Okay, so so some things that I feel like we should just revisit before we get into blood and guts check. If you're if you're okay with it, yeah. Is one of them that the production designer is named Michael Bolton? No, I missed that. <laughs> that yeah, production um, designer Michael Bolton. Listeners may not know this. I directed Michael Bolton once. Oh, um, in a BuzzFeed video. Yeah, in a BuzzFeed video. There's, nice. It was he was a nice guy. He was a, he seemed like a good dude. Um, okay, so she so so Kimberly deliberately flatlines to defeat death. Right. Yeah. So, so, so I don't feel like. I mean, they kind of say, you know, okay, she drowns herself, but should, that's like her realization, right? Is that that's what the comment about new life to defeat death was? Is that you have to flatline yourself? Yeah, she has to become a flatliner. Yeah. Which I was <laughs> when that happened, I was like, you know, flatliners. This is like a pretty good idea. They should remake that. And then I was like, they did, and it was they very did. Bad. Yeah, they did. I didn't first, see it. The first one's kind of fun. I want, I want to say maybe that was Joel Schumacher's first directing. I think maybe. so. Um, yeah. Okay, what else? Did... I don't know why I want to do this before the blood and guts check. I don't need to. But after the after we go through the blood and guts check, let's talk about this reverse thing. Because I might need you to explain it to me if you understand. Yeah, I don't... Uh, okay, yeah, we will. First, blood and guts check. Uh-huh. I sense your confusion. I'm confused. So I'll go ahead of okay. it and say that uh, I did have a lot of fun watching this. I, mm-hmm. I I think it's a kind of a blast, but is an intensely stupid movie. <laughs> <laughs> blunt That's language kind of my blood. From, from, from my co-host. <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, should I go? Is it my turn? Yeah. It's your turn. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's very apt. Uh, it's as sort of a man of two minds when it comes to this movie. Um, because yeah, I think 
if you're approaching it uh, from a from a perspective of quality of acting, quality of script, um, it's 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 somewhat it's kind of poor. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, both of those elements are not they're not good. I would not recommend this film for either of those things. I would say they're worse than the last one. Definitely. And the last one wasn't even that good. Yeah, I think the the plaudits we gave it was it achieved competence. Yeah. Um, that was that was like the big praise we heaped on it. And this movie does not achieve competence with regards to acting or script. How uh, we we alluded to this earlier though. You can sort of see the DNA underneath that this is a stunt coordinator and action sequence director stepping into the role of director mm-hmm. because this movie excels greatly in its oh yeah action sequences and in its death scenes um i would say yeah, the, yeah go ahead no you go ahead I, this is your time I'm i sorry. was just gonna say too that well i mean you went very short so if you want to add something i said feel free you know? oh i was just say i think it excels in the deaths where where the acting in the uh um what was the other thing you said script the script are deficient mm. in this one the deaths are mm-hmm. a ton of they're yeah. very good <laughs> yeah i was going to say something very similar which is if you were going to compare this to the first movie as much as it comes up short with regards to those elements i think it exceeds the first film uh, as far as action and specifically, I, I mean, we can call them kills, which is mm-hmm. is fun because it's like this is, as we talked about, this is sort of the slasher series with no slasher. Um, but these are kills. They're kills in the same way that, you know, we sort of conceived of this podcast from the very beginning of like people get killed off over the course of a movie. And this this movie really knows what it's doing. Mm-hmm. when it comes to that and i feel like it really was just like well this is gonna be our bread and butter that we are gonna find creative and visually arresting ways of killing yeah. off each member of this cast in a way that really did change the course of the entire series mm-hmm. um where i mean and i say change of course it like took a slight right turn yeah, yeah. it was like already going in that way yeah but i mean perhaps similarly to friday the 13th while the central premise uh, was set in this in this franchise was set by the first movie, I think that the way the subsequent movies would sort of unfold and like kind of what the business of the whole movie was going to be is maybe more influenced by this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I remember, which is funny, it's a bold thing for me to say because I've only seen the third one. I have not seen the fourth or the fifth, so I could be totally wrong about that. Mm-hmm. But that's sort of what I gather. That's, that's what I gather too. Another thought I had while watching this <clears throat> is that yeah, this one is fun, mm-hmm. but I feel like like Scream. This series is really going to not benefit from watching back to back because it's going to get very repetitive. <laughs> yeah. Very kind of quickly. exhausting. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So let's go back to the story for a second. Um, mm-hmm. let's talk death's reverse design. Yeah. So this was utter nonsense to me. <laughs> now I will admit I wasn't like hawk eyed watching this, you know, I, 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 
I was looking at the screen. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't like on my phone the whole time, but maybe if I had been, if my focus had been at a great, at a higher level, this might've made sense to me, but I do not understand why death's design is reversed. I don't. So, okay. So we expect it to be, they die in the order that they were supposed to Mm -hmm. die. Like in the first movie, of course. But then you learn that I'm not explaining. I'm talking it through. Then you learn that each of the characters Mm -hmm. from the first movie somehow prevented a death of the characters we're seeing in this movie. So did they prevent a death or was their death prevented by a character from the first movie? Their death was prevented by a character in the first movie is is what I meant to say. Yeah, because I just remember the teacher is like, I was... This is the part of the movie where I was like, Wait. I threw my hands up in the air and I was like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. So, yeah. So the Wait black a guy's a teacher, right? Right. And he's like, I was gonna take this job, but then, and, and I would have been stabbed, stabbed by this student, but I didn't. But then is the implication that it's because... He was so. Oh, so he was gonna. He replace... was substituting for Luton's class. Okay. So I think he moved from the class where he would have died. Yeah. To Luton's class, right? So I, right, yeah, I think that's right. But then Kimberly just would have been on the bus that killed the girl in the first movie, or was that she would... on the bus? No, she was on the bus. You're yeah. right, and that stopped her from doing something else this is i I mean it's blanking on it's so confusing it's really confusing Um, so why is it backwards (laughs) i don't really know i need a i need a chart to see it um i wonder if there is an explanation yeah uh please google it i'll talk about some other things while you look it up um so yeah i i keep talking about bad script bad acting the cast is terrible um like like and and they're terrible in a way that's it's boring like we've had movies like uh, i mean again i feel we keep going back to the well of leprechaun but there's with good reason um there were some some installments of the leprechaun franchise where i was like these actors are horrendous and it's crazy to watch and unfortunately this movie just sort of falls into the kind of chasm between good acting and horrendous uh, sort of engagingly terrible acting. And it's just like, everyone is just blah. Yeah. No one makes an impression at all. The only person who comes close to having any screen presence of any kind for me is Burke, the cop. And he's still fucking boring. He just has like sort of a, he has a face for, for movies. Yes. You know, he looks yeah. like an actor and he kind of like he can emote a little bit with his facial expressions, but like his line reads are boring. Um, and this all makes sense because I don't know, like, did the director spend any time with these people on acting? I don't know. I, I mean, as a, he's a stunt coordinator. I don't know right. how like skilled he is in that regard. Yeah. Something I um, wanted to throw out. It's just very briefly before you, you tell us what you found. No, I, I was going to say, I, it would involve me reading articles, which I'm, I'm not going to do while we're <laughs> Can't recording. do double duty quite. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so one of the things, I, just a criticism I had with regards to casting is 
So Cat Jennings, who is the shitty business lady. Yes. Like the second she shows up on screen, I was just like, did they just like not want to cast this woman? So they took one of the people that like one of their callbacks for Kimberly. That for they Kimberly. Yeah. That they didn't end up casting. And they were like, uh, she can do the business lady. It was confusing because they look so similar. Yeah. And she's supposed to be like a businesswoman and she's also 24. Yeah. And she brunette, should be like 37. Like, yeah. Good Lord. Um, I, it's, I, it's, it is funny. Uh, because you're introduced to a lot of people very quickly, mm-hmm. some of which die immediately. Yeah. And so you have to like keep all these faces straight. And she was one that was like, wait, what's her deal? I don't I don't remember her. But that then I yeah, I looked it up. Yeah. Um and then like it's just like there are so many roles and it seems like the kind of thing where like I don't really understand how you make a theatrical release with this unimpressive of a cast because it's like every one of these roles could have been filled by just a supporting actor from some movie that people have already yeah. seen. Mm-hmm. Someone who's a little bit interesting, you know, that's kind of what the first movie was, right? It yeah, was like, yeah. you know, somebody like Kerr Smith is like not a big actor. He's a guy who's mostly doing TV but it's like people would look at him and be like, oh, yeah, it's the guy from Dawson's Creek. Um, and this one, they were like, no, we're casting people that no one's ever fucking seen before. Right. Period. Like hard stuff. I wonder why. I mean, maybe they just need more money for the stunts and stuff and the special effects. Yeah, I guess. But it's not like this is a micro budget movie, you know? Right, right. Um, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to share what your next thought is because I am, a, I'm pulling up the script so we can go through a little bit of this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so it had been a while since I'd seen this. I was legitimately surprised when her friends actually die. I was expecting just mm-hmm. like the them to be the core group of characters. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so it was a little bit of a shock. Um, that opening car crash, pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of that car crash sequence. Yeah. And it kicks off. There's something that they really nail in this movie, which is like the death that makes you laugh once. Yes. Not like, not like you go into a fit of laughter. It's like somebody you dies scream. and you go, ah! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, cause the very first one, is it the cop? Right, it's the cop. It's yeah. the log going through the the yeah. window, and he just gets fucking liquefied. <laughs> yeah, and they do a great job of like they do something that that is fairly easy to accomplish, um, but effective. Which is like instead of showing really detailed gore, mm-hmm. they just do like these explosions of blood. Yes, yes. Which like is it works. And I think a lot of them seem CG aided and it, they don't really bother me that much. No, they don't look at that that bad. Yeah. And like I don't want to say what my favorite death is, but yeah. I it's one that I didn't pause frame by frame, but I would be curious to go through because the blending of yeah. what's obviously a dummy with CG mm-hmm. is pretty pretty uh Yeah. Seamless. I think you're. I think I know what you're talking about because there is a death in this movie that I think is on a bunch of lists of like. Oh really? Most shocking movie deaths or horror movie deaths. <laughs> um, and if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's 
It's phenomenal. It's great. And like the whole <laughs> timing, the timing of them is very good too. Like that's the thing that's funny about this movie is the writing is really bad by and large. But there is a pretty effective timing to the way they dole these things out. There's almost like it is kind of like comedy or tension building, you know. So mm -hmm. it's like it's not like there's no directorial craft on display. There is. It's just like completely absent in some elements and then it's pretty it's pretty apparent in others. Yeah. Yeah, all of the deaths have the setup of jokes almost. Right? Yeah. There's like a, there's a misdirection. Mm -hmm. There it's really funny to watch when, especially the, with that first death, um, the guy who wins the lottery. Yeah. It's just like everything keeps going wrong, and any one of the things mm -hmm. that happens could be the thing that kills him. Yeah. And then the way it ends with him like climbing, getting his hand stuck in the garbage disposal. <laughs> then he finally gets out. His yeah. Apartment's on fire. Then he ends up just getting impaled through the face with. <laughs> With a it's a whole it's a tease <laughs> with like so many different fake out moments it's really i mean it's pretty i i don't know this is one of those things where i always throw these out there to the audience like maybe i'm forgetting a bunch of stuff but it feels almost like a kind of i don't want to say it's cliche but it feels like a sort of archetype that i don't remember from before this movie yeah same um, but maybe it been around forever and maybe you know what it almost feels like? it's like a little looney tunes it is, yeah. yeah. Or like, I was going to say in like an Austin Powers bit or something where, <laughs> yeah. or I'm just trying to think of like something where, or like Nordberg from <laughs> Naked sure. Gun, sure. but actually he's getting hurt. Yeah. Um, okay. So here's some, here's some stuff. So this is, these guys are all, and I don't know if this is a transcription of the actual movie or an original script. We'll find mm. out if it deviates too much. Okay. So Rory... Who, that's like the, the cokehead, right? Yeah. Yeah, the inexplic inexplicably weird cokehead. Yeah. yeah, with the like of the elevator scene where he wants to like wipe the shit off the, the guy's, guy's face. face. It's so weird. It's very but strange. just like lick his finger and do yeah. it. It's so weird. Uh, so he has this thing where he won Yankees tickets, right? Mm -hmm. And he was on his way to a Yankees game. And that's why he was going to be in the pileup. So he says, here's what I don't get. For nine months, death does all this shit to make sure I win these tickets and end up on Route 18 at exactly the right time for the pileup. But why single me out? What am I in the great scheme of things? You'd think I stepped off flight 180 or something. And then Thomas says, he says, that's fucking weird. Thomas says, you want weird? Last year, my then this is Burke. My partner and I were heading out for the graveyard shift. Call comes in about a train wreck. Frank decides to let me handle it alone. Frank died that night in a shootout. I'd be dead too if that call had come in just 10 seconds later. So he avoids getting shot by going to the train wreck that killed Sean William Scott. Right. Right. And then Kat says, I've got that beat. I was supposed to stay at a cheesy bed and breakfast in Pennsylvania. There was a major gas leak no one knew about and all the guests suffocated during the night. <laughs> but she never made it because the Greyhound she was on was the one that splattered some chick all over the road. So by everyone dying... That's right. So it's like what? It's like a chain of uh, events kind of thing? It's like a butterfly effect kind of thing. Yeah. So the deaths of everyone from the first movie prevented the deaths of everyone in this movie. Mm-hmm. So why is it reversed? <laughs> 
who dies for Todd dies first in the is it who's the one connected to Todd? The guy um, who hung himself in the shower or didn't actually, but I'm I'm going through here. Okay, he Rory was on acid in Paris. Um the okay, so I didn't even place this during the movie. The theater that collapsed. That's not even part right. of the movie. We don't right. even see that in either of the movies. Apparently, he was going to go to a theater that collapsed, but he lived because Kurt Smith's character gets hit by the sign. Uh, I'm still scanning through. Oh, here it is. Okay, Kimberly says, mm-hmm. A little o- over a year ago, my mother and I went to the mall. I was supposed to meet her outside, but I got caught up watching some news report about some kid who committed suicide. Okay. I kept thinking, how can you strangle yourself in a bathtub? That's And then she uses the R word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it felt wrong, and yet there were gunshots. So, yeah, her mom got killed in a carjacking. Okay. But, again, that, doesn't that feel like a stretch in. just because she was watching TV about him dying? So, why is it backwards? So, in that, she should have died first? Okay. It's, I don't fucking know. It's all coming together. Being alive after our time caused an outward ripple, a rift in death's design. So if you never got off the plane, none of us would be alive in the first place. That's why death is working backwards. It's tying up all the loose ends, sealing okay, so the rift just... once and for all. That's the whole explanation. <laughs> yeah. I would have to really make a chart mm-hmm. with like, like similar to Clear River's uh, psycho killer uh, spider board in her fucking padded cell <laughs> yeah. with a red string. I would have to do that with this to figure out why death's design is backwards. I mean, it really begs the question, why is this all in the script? Just cut it out. Yeah. It doesn't You don't need any of it. I guess they um, just wanted to heighten a little bit, but whatever. Yeah. It's still interesting enough that they were connected to the original deaths. That's yeah, enough for me. I guess. Or I mean, I don't even need that shit. That's it's just either. like it's like they don't do that in any other slasher movie. And sometimes you do have the trope of like you go find the survivor from the previous one. That's like great. Mm-hmm. That works because it's just like hey, we're going through the same shit you went through. Can you tell us how to beat it? Um Tony Todd's character also I feel like is part of this problem of this all just yeah. being fucking nonsense. It's like what who is this guy? What is yeah. he? Why? He know, Why? He seems to know how clear is going to die cuz he says makes some offhanded pun about being on fire or something. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh does Clear yeah. have a photo of Alex's dead body that she shows to Kimberly? In the, she's like, look at this. <laughs> so. like, Why did she have a fucking Polaroid of her friend's dead body? <laughs> yeah, well, so we see all these bodies in these gory photos because we see yeah. one of the girl get hit by the bus, and, and she's then like it, all splattered. Yeah, and this didn't make any sense to me, but then we also see like somebody taking like a really shitty digital picture of the of Todd strangled in the bathtub and there's like a caption that says like a nice picture of Todd before the yeah, forensics nice team picture. showed up. I was like, what? <laughs> Who wrote the caption? Who took the picture? What? It's so weird. Uh, yeah. So 
yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff not working here. But then the stuff that is is like really working. And and it kind of mm-hmm. makes you go like this movie is only like 90 minutes long. It should be 80 minutes long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it would be better if they just cut a bunch of this bullshit out. But I mean, I also I just keep coming back to the cast. I'm just like, why is this the cast we ended up with? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, a couple of quick hits from me. Mm-hmm. Really weird that Eugene has a gun that he pulls <laughs> on everybody. The one black guy has yeah. a fucking gun. Yeah. And he's like, by the look of him, he looks like a mod or something. Like he's just like, like a London hipster. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, some, uh, we get some, the first series nudity and we get some biker bolt-ons. That's right. We do <laughs> really. Yeah. Truly gratuitous nudity. Um, I like that they're all aware of the events of the last movie. So at least mm-hmm. we don't have to have them fucking Googling it okay. and learning yeah. it themselves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of all the notes I took. Um, I had another one written down that was just like, as the deaths mount up, the I feel like the director forgot to to have the characters react. Sure, there's yeah. like a there's like a series of deaths where everybody like like when they're on the farm or whatever, and the dude gets you know not bisected, I guess trisected by that fence. By that fence, yeah. It's like, I think the two characters, like Burke and Kimberly, are just, they kind of just sigh. They just go, oh. And then they immediately move on. Like, it's just like no one gives a shit anymore. And they're they're so gory, too. It's like you would yeah. have some reaction. You'd be like, holy shit. Yeah, oh. you, would, you would say, did you fucking see that? That was crazy. <laughs> but instead, they're just like, ah, oh, we got to keep moving. Oh, too bad for Rory. For some reason. Yeah. Um, let's see. Did I have anything else? Not. Re- I mean, it's it's a very weird movie. Um, But I guess it does. I mean, this is. I mean, I can just sort of save this for the wrap up. But it's like. It kind of starts to veer into like. It's not quite so bad. It's good stuff because the stuff that's good is just good, but it's yeah, like it's, it's it's trashy, is what it is. It's, it's real trashy, trashy fun. It's exactly it, it's, yeah. yeah. It's not so bad. It's good because it's not very bad. It's just not very good. Right. It's, it's pulpy and mm-hmm. it's candy. It's like this is yeah. horror movie candy. Yeah. Um. Cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this is what I spent most of my time having to write down as I was uh-huh. watching the deaths. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So in that opening premonition, we get Burke. He gets obliterated by a log. Um, the uh, what's the guy's name? The the black guy, biker guy, gets squished by uh, his motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Um, some dude gets taken out in a car. The uh, mother and son get exploded in their car when they hit a log. Alex, the lottery winner, um, his his hot rod explodes and he catches on fire. The SUV turnover with all of uh, Clear's friends inside, including herself. All of her friends then get taken out in real life by the car carrier. Right. And then uh, Alex is killed off screen by a brick in Edinburgh. 
<laughs> oh, but just because we're moving on from the car wreck, we didn't really talk about it much. It's an incredible uh, sequence. Oh, it really is. Yeah. It is. It is clearly like the when they hired David Ellis to be like, okay, we're gonna let you direct this movie. Like this is why they did it, right? Yeah. This is this is what you hire that guy for. Is it's like an incredible and it's all practical cars. Like there's some CG with the deaths, but like they crashed like fucking twenty cars. <laughs> if you don't watch this movie, watch nothing else except for this mm-hmm. opening. Yeah. It's really good. <coughs> Excuse me. Um so Alex gets um Bricked off screen there. A magnet falls into his chop suey, which he puts into the microwave. Then his hand gets stuck in a garbage disposal, and the mozzarella sticks that he's frying up catch on fire. He's he's frying up mozzarella sticks in a pan. Yeah, but not with oil. He's just, like, dry frying them. It's very confusing. And I will say, this is a little triggering for me. When I was young, my mom lit our kitchen on fire frying mozzarella sticks. Really? Yeah, and we had to move out of our house for like two months while they like, I lost my. That's how I lost my first NES to smoke to smoke damage from that fire. Whoa! Yeah, and my parents didn't get me a new one because uh, you know they, I thought they were being mean, but I think it's probably because they had to spend like thirty thousand dollars. A lot, you know, (laughs) on the house. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, The fire gets knocked onto a pile of paper. The windows then close and lock, so he finally gets his hand out of the disposal, smashes the window, gets onto the fire escape. The apartment explodes, but then when he finally climbs down, he slips on some spaghetti he threw out of his window previously, (laughs) hits the ground, the fire escape ladder punches through his eye. And there's one last fake out when it drops towards him. Yes. And it stops like an inch short of his eye. Yeah, yeah. And he breathes a sigh of relief, and then it drops the rest of the way and impales his head. (laughs) It's really funny. Yeah. Um, Tim, the the teenager, gets liquefied by a pane of of glass. Yeah, after a long dentist office fake-out. Yeah, long fake-out involving pigeons hitting the window, gas, something falling into his mouth. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, his mom gets her hair caught on a hook. That's a man holding like a box of like, he has hooks for hands. He's also holding prosthetics in his box. Yeah. Hair gets caught. People think he's being a creep. He's not. He He smells her hair. He smells her hair. So weird. Yeah. Then she gets her head stuck in the elevator and gets decapitated. Mm hmm. Um, so at the farm, a news van. Okay. So no, let me back up. They crash into the farm. The car gets impaled with PVC pipes, which yeah. one is very sharp behind Cat Jennings' head. Yeah, but doesn't kill her. It doesn't kill her. But then she's also pinned there by a log. Yeah. Uh, a news van comes, hits some rocks, and it punches through the gas tank. Um, the jaws of life activate the airbag, which pushes Cat's head onto the jagged PVC pipe, killing her. This was not. This is not going to be one of my best kill of the movie. This was very entertaining, though. I want to say that the the timing and sort of the irony of this one is great. Yes, like the airbag just smacking her head back into the thing that almost killed her but didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. 
Yeah. Um, she drops her cigarette, which falls into a PVC pipe that is now filled with gasoline from the news truck. That explodes, causes the barbed wire fence to fly through the air, cutting Rory in three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at in Eugene's hospital room, his room fills with oxygen. And then when he open when Clear opens the door, both she and Eugene explode. R.I.P. Clear. Yeah, sort of unceremonious death for Ali Larder's character. It is. And then uh, finally, well, I guess technically, uh, Kimberly dies and then is revived. Yeah. She Kimberly flatlines in the lake. And then Brian, our old friend, the Gibbons <laughs> at the barbecue. Brian explodes when the gas barbecue. Yeah. explodes and there's a good like couple frames of his body exploding it's pretty yeah good. it's yeah. pretty good yeah the, the hand lands in front of his mom mm-hmm. yeah a couple different women have to witness their sons dying in this movie <laughs> pretty dark what was your favorite death mike well it's the one you're gonna say so i'll let you have that one um okay i will say if i was picking a second best in this one and we said no cheating with just picking the whole crashes like we have to pick an individual death mm-hmm. or like a like a shot of multiple people dying in the same way um so i would say the one that just from a strict death perspective not the whole sequence being drawn out i think number 2 for me is probably rory um it's a mm-hmm. classic. You see it in a lot of movies. But this one, this is what I want to give credit to this one for. The double is good. It's not like so many that it's crazy. It's just like he takes a barbed wire basically around the midsection and then like kind of like chest high. Yeah. But what ma- what really sells it for me is that like one of his arms like basically like gets hit halfway through the arm. Mm-hmm. And so in the first thing that you see go is that just the arm falls off mm-hmm. and then all of him falls apart uh, and that and it's timed well. And I think it's it's creative and it's like, yeah, the way that Rube Goldberg sends the, the barbed wire flying before he even gets hit, you just see this shit rocketing through the air and you're like, well, this is this is how somebody's going to die. <laughs> That's pretty fun. Um, it's so, always yeah. satisfying to have the person stand still for a second, then fall yeah. apart. Yeah, little, it's a classic bit because it works. Yeah, so that'll yeah. be that's my runner-up, but that's the one that I'll pause it because because I think it's a clear winner on this one. Not to be mistaken with Clear Rivers. <laughs> yeah, and I I mean in, unless you actually are talking about something different, but for me it's the pane of glass falling yeah. on Tim. Which completely fucking <laughs> breaks his body apart and yeah. liquefies him under the glass. He kind of like folds up. Yeah, right? he folds up. Yeah. And like, I think his head falls off or something. Like his body breaks apart. Yeah. Uh, that was <laughs> so yeah. funny. And that was the one you were talking about trying to go frame frame by frame through. Mm-hmm. I have it up on my, on my YouTube. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Everyone sees it coming too. Everyone's like screaming. Yeah, everyone's like, no. Um, okay, wait. What it's is... all because he chases pigeons like a shit. Yeah, like, like a true little douchey teenager. How do you go frame by frame on YouTube? I don't know. Um, it's a short. It's like a. It's like a keystroke shortcut. 
Oh yeah, uh, period and comma. So everybody knows, period and comma. Here we go. Okay, so I'm going from. This is great. Oh yeah, his hair too. I'll get to that in just a second. Okay, this is incredible. <laughs> so his head is just completely obliterated. Like it just sort of disappears into <laughs> his body, and then <laughs> he he kind of accordions first. Yes. Um, yeah. And then his legs go out, and so his his like lower legs fold over the tops of his feet, while his upper legs fold back in the natural way, and his arms sort of go back behind him. Meanwhile, there are fountains of blood, <laughs> and then it cuts to an alternate angle halfway through. Oh, that's probably part of why it looks like there's so much blood. <laughs> and it's definitely real blood. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I just watched it in regular motion. It's it's so good. It's really, really good. Everybody should watch this too. <laughs> it's, I'm looking at a really funny freeze frame yeah. where it's like, yeah, it's his body being accordioned. Yeah. Tim Carpenter death scene on YouTube. Everybody watch the car crash. <laughs> oh, yeah. His head just like yeah. is cool. gone like a hydraulic press. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Yeah, uh, the second angle really, really does sell it. Mm-hmm. All right, before we move on to thumbs, um, for the first time in our new format, I think I would like to pull out of the attic things that didn't age well. Oh, sure. Because uh, I had a list. I have a list of five things. Okay. Uh, this movie is from 2003, but somehow... It feels more dated than the first one from sure. 2001. Or was it 99? Which one? 2000, it? 2000. 2000. 2000. 2000. Okay. So I took some... These are these are five things I wrote down that didn't age, age well in this movie. So we'll start with some lines of dialogue. Uh, unironically, one person tells someone else to chillax. Mm. Um... Then later on, uh, a, th- a thuggish young man calls a woman a biatch. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> which I feel like... A white guy, too, right? Yeah, it is a white guy. I feel like we've really uh, sort of whitewashed how much people said biatch in mm-hmm. the late 90s and early aughts. It was, I mean, it was never not embarrassing, but it was a, a truly embarrassing frequency. Um, I mentioned already... Somebody throws out the R word. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just two fashion things. <laughs> Allie Larder, once she gets out of the mental institution, she is just uh, burdened with having to try and pull off the unpulloffable low rise gene mm. below the belly button bare midriff, which is just mm-hmm. like it's it's a terrible look. Yeah, and and you know I'm a fan of the female form, but uh, it's just like it's just like this blank space of skin tone. It's so yeah. it's so pointless, and and I, as far as I've heard from from women who had to wear those styles, it was hellish, and and you know uh, I'm sure it contributed to a lot of eating disorders. Um, it, it's a time when vagina became the new cleavage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like the top of the pubis. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta wax it so no one can tell where the belly ends and the mons pubis begins. Um, 
It's really, I mean, yeah, it's like I was doing math on like the distance. You see her and you're like, it seems like you should be, I don't know. Um, And I was like, yeah, I bet if she wasn't fully waxed, you'd see something peeking over the top there. But anyways, uh, and then lastly, we saw it on Tim Carpenter just now, but there are some gnarly frosted tips Mm -hmm. uh, that pop up from time to time in this movie. Um, Yeah, so this is a real time capsule. And, it, and it, it does remind me of something we've talked about before, which is always funny to think when we were when we were in 2003, we would just say, well, there's there's no look to 2003. It doesn't look right. like anything. It looked like something. Oh, it looked like something. All right. Oh, I want to bring up to uh, you probably already noticed. I did not put the trailer in between segments because the trailer for this is intensely visual. Uh, where it's just like text on the screen and barely even any talking. So I'm going to instead play a piece of the score. And lovely. Okay. Music, a, a song from the soundtrack in between. Sounds good. All right. Thumbs. All right. Um, ghost thumbs up or down. Is this movie scary? Uh, I'm going to say for me, no. This movie is not scary. Ghost thumbs down. It's more silly than mm-hmm. scary. Do you agree? Same, same for me. Yeah, ghost thumbs down, not scary. But what about zombie thumbs up or down? Is this movie gory? Well, yes. You tell me, Mike. Yes. Yes. Dismembered thumbs up. Yes, this movie's wonderfully gory, really entertaining, but not in a punishing way, you know? So it is, this is, like, I'm not going to say you can show this to your kids, but there is, like, there's a kind of gore that I saw a lot of when I was young. The mm-hmm. kind you would see in something like Evil Dead 2, you know, or or even like Dead Alive in that reanimator. And it's like, yeah, this is this is the kind of gore that isn't going to give anybody nightmares. It's more kind right. of like it's it's like wild as opposed to stuff that kind of lingers and sticks in your brain. Yeah. Agreed there. Uh, finally, wed, bed or behead. <clears throat> Mike, why don't you uh, take us away? Yeah, um, I think I've spoken most of my piece about this movie. I will say that you know the 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 craft in in terms of the death sequences, the 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 work that was done by the technical artists on this film, and the suspense, the timing, the humor of it, those things are weddable. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a movie with a better cast and a better script. Like there's a version of this movie that easily gets a wed for me, but that is not the version we got. Instead, we got all of those great things melded together with some abysmal writing and um, just really one of the most boring casts I can remember from a movie we've seen in a long time. So when you smash those two uh, flaming cars together, uh, you get a bed. You know, just just like its predecessor. I think this is a no hesitation. I would. I would never. I wouldn't dream of giving this a behead. It was. It was definitely too enjoyable to watch. But it's not very good. It's just fun. So yeah, uh, I am right there with you. I mean, there's a reason why my friends, my roommates, and I fast forwarded to the death scenes like we were watching a porno <laughs> <laughs> because they're so good and funny mm-hmm. that. It's impo- It's like charming in a way. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but the rest of it is, you know, it is what it is, and it's not that great. But all together, you add it up. You add up all the parts, and uh, again, I think it's a a bed for me. 
It's a lot of fun. It's, you know, another great party movie to throw on at a party. Yeah, just like definitely. you don't have to pay attention. Hey, look at the screen. Like that's <laughs> that's kind of what this movie deserves. Yeah. Agreed. Uh yeah, should we take a break? Let's take a break. We're going to play some horror movie trivial pursuit. Yeah, uh, we thought long a, and hard about this yep. segment. As a reminder, um, if you have any ideas for the upcoming films that we can do third segments on, hey, shoot us a suggestion. Our email inbox is open. Uh, but in the meantime, the ongoing saga, where I think you're catching up a little bit. I want to say you won the last two in a row, if my memory serves. Oh, I know I won the last one. I don't remember... You had some real shitty questions, though. I, yeah, yeah. But hey, you know, sometimes that's just how how they. Uh, is, what do they say? That's how the, how dice the cookie fall. crumbles. How the cookie crumbles. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully, uh, I'll get uh, maybe a couple easier ones today. So I guess I should. Uh, should I go first? Since yeah, since you go I'm, first. I'm behind. I'm in the behind position. Okay. Mm-hmm. So does that mean you read to me or I read to you? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. <laughs> Why don't you read to me? Okay, I will. Uh, are you ready for horror movie trivial pursuit? Yep. Okay. Um, just as a reminder for folks at home, the categories, which are pretty loose, um, this first one's a green one. I have uh, it over here. It's paranormal. You have it? Paranormal. Okay. So our paranormal question in The Innkeepers mm-hmm. from 2011. How many rooms on the second floor of the hotel are still in use? Jesus Christ. That's a mean <laughs> question. It's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to say six. Six. Not a bad guess, but unfortunately incorrect. Uh, you should have listened to your inner Tarantino or perhaps your inner Robert Rodriguez. Damn. It's four rooms. Four rooms. All four. right. Okay, for you, the house in We Are Still Here needs fresh souls every how many years? Never heard of this movie in my life. Oh, I've seen it. It's pretty good. Oh, well, aren't you a special little boy? (laughs) Um, Every 30 years. Bryce, you're correct. Holy shit. Every 30 years. All right. This is this is my day. That's fate. Okay. It's one to nothing price. Uh, are you ready for your next question? Mm-hmm. I hope you get this one. In Fright Night, 1985, 
What is the name of the neighbor Charlie suspects is a vampire? Oh, okay. It's um Jerry Dan Jerry Dandridge. Dan That is that's correct. That is? Okay, phew. Yeah, you stop right there. I won't let you fuck it up. <laughs> All right. It's one to one. And I am ready when you are for my second question. Okay. Oh. Dude, what the fuck? I took these from two completely different <laughs> uh, places in the deck. In Fright Night, 1985, oh, yeah, which character is turned question? into a vampire? Charlie Brewster, Judy Brewster, Evil Ed, or Detective Lennox? Well, I do believe the correct that answer is, correct. is Evil Ed. That's All right. so weird. That is so yeah. strange. And it happens almost every time. I wonder if there's just so much repeating in these cards that we don't realize, or are we, are we really experiencing some odd yeah. coincidences? I don't know. It's really like we've. I feel like we've barely played. Yeah, I forget how. <laughs> you forget what, what coincidence, coincidence means? actually means. <laughs> uh, no, well, I, I feel like it's like, like ironic. Like people it use it wrong all the time. Because don't you say it's like just a coincidence? Oh no, it means, yeah, it means it's, not, it's there random. Isn't some sort of fate at work, right? Yeah. So I'm like, so I said some sort of strange. So okay, got it. Got In it. my head, I was thinking of fate, not a coincidence. So I was wrong, but no one could tell until I outed myself. All right. All right. I'm ready for my next question. I mean, I'm ready to give you your next question. It's two to one, me. Uh, in the hills have eyes. 2006 remake what californian city is the carter family traveling to i didn't see the remake i'm gonna guess mm. uh either Lo- it's like deserty san diego oh nice wow that's correct. I really did, yeah. What a you pulled that out of your ass. All right. For gore and disturbing, okay, who directed the Wizard of Gore? It's from uh nineteen seventy. What's the Wizard of that Gore? Much. It's directed by uh no, Um Seventy Um uh, okay. I mean, there's it's it could be Corman, it could be like Herschel Gordon Lewis. Oh, you said it. Uh, I'll go with Corman. Didn't choose it. It's Herschel Gordon Lewis. Yeah, this is Lewis. Damn it! Fuck. All right. Um, well, at least I right, look smart. What's my next one, baby? Still two to two. Um. All right, your gore question doesn't really make sense to me i think that's uh, this is incorrect sorting Classic in the though. village 2004 edward yeah no no edward walker this is easy played by william hurt is the father of protagonist ivy elizabeth walker played by what actress oh, um 
Sui Deschanel is in the happening, not in. Is she in the village? I'm gonna say Zoe Deschanel. I stared. Wow, you're handing me this one. It's Bryce Dallas Howard. This is the first thing I knew her from. I've um, never seen it. I I've never seen the, the whole movie. Did you know that? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah me it's too. a dumb ending. I'm not going to watch it now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, you have, uh, so what, two. that gives me a yeah. three to two lead? You have, you have two. Is that right? I have two. Oh, it's back to two, but now I get my... Christopher Lee I get my portrayed question. what character yeah. in The Wicker Man, 1973? They want his name. They want his name? Take a stab at well, it. I don't know his fucking name. Uh, Lord. Oh, I'm sorry. Huron. Everybody knows this, you dunce. Lord Summer Isle. <laughs> Summer Isle. He was named after the island. Hey, I got the Lord part. It's a half right. point. This is this is my game for yep. good, yeah, good, bad, good, wrong guesses. Uh, okay, your fifth question, Eric. In the television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, who usually trains oh, slayers yeah, um, in their duties? Oh God, what's the name? Uh, Giles is one of them. Um, he's a keeper. They call it keeper. Fuck. Watcher. That is incorrect. Uh, it's Watchers. <sighs> Sorry. This game has really slipped through your hands. Which rock and roll right, Hall of Fame songstress cameos as a real witch in episodes of American Horror Story? Uh... I've never seen anything but the first season, but I would be gobsmacked. Oh, I'm if the sorry. Is, is not it is Nicks. Christy McNichols. No, it's um, it is Stevie Nicks. That's what I meant. <laughs> Do you mean Christine? It's like Christy McNichols instead, which is an actor. <laughs> uh, yeah, is, is so. she a naked actor? <laughs> okay, I'm just just guessing. Um. All right, your last question, Eric. Uh, that puts me into a three to two lead, if I'm not mistaken. Um, in House of Wax, 1953, what character creates his wax figures by encasing the cadavers of his victims in wax? <laughs> and we do need a full character name here, so. <laughs> uh, Thomas Waxman. Oh, that's not a bad guess. Uh, I cannot believe, Eric, that you were not able to pull Professor Henry right, well, Jarrett. You're the clear winner, but here's your final question. In what 1953 film released in okay. 3D, despite its director, Andre de Toth, being blind in one eye and unable to experience the 3D effects? What? I'm sorry, not in what? What 1953 film? <laughs> What a you want me to say it again? <laughs> what a wonderfully worded question. Um, what 1953 film 1953 was released in 3D, film in 3D, despite its director Andre de Toth being blind in one eye and unable to experience the 3D effects? 
I feel like I should maybe have a better guess at this, but I can't remember. So I'll say... Um, um, Mike, do you care them. to read the final question on your card again? Oh my Can you read God. Your Is question? it House of Wax? <laughs> there you go. In House of Wax, nineteen fifty. What 1950s. the fuck is up oh, with these I cards? I should have noticed the date. Wow. This is crazy. This is wild. If it, if anybody else owns horror movie Trivial Pursuit, I want to know if this, this is, is a recurring insane. phenomenon out there in the world. Agreed. It's really wild. All right, folks. That's what we've got for you. Next week, we will be back with Final Destination 3. Not the one in 3D. The Final Destination, yeah. The next one. The Final Destination. Uh, Good news, Eric. Oh, good. um, Blu-ray box set arrived today. (laughs) After I've already paid to rent two of these movies. Um, And if we get together on Wednesday morning, I will give it to you because I'm about to leave for some time to go stay somewhere where there is no Blu-ray player. (laughs) So at least you won't have to okay, pay yeah, well, the final uh, three movies find in this a time series. We can make that happen. Mm, maybe we could do something that I would oh, rather not have I thought the you, uh, Okay, about. let's talk about it off the air. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, cool. It's not hand jobs, golf. We already way, talked about it. thought that's what we were talking about. All right, you know all of our socials. And as always... Can we go get the guys? I'm getting horny.